The big question is this, how are real estate entrepreneurs like us who spend money from our own pockets to build a brand, generate leads, and deliver value to our clients? How do we do all of that and still earn our next million dollars in income? If you want proven secrets to get to your next million, keep listening. If you want it faster, go to kingstonlane.com forward slash secrets. Welcome to the Kingston Lane Podcast. Hey, it's Sharon Trivata. I'm uh, very excited to be here in a once, almost once in a very, once in a blue moon type opportunity with uh, two amazing people that are my friends and my mentors, uh, business partners in, in many cases as well. And I want to introduce uh, two great people to you. You've heard these, you've heard them before and one new, uh, one new uh, ninja all the way from the East Coast and of course the Queen of Long Beach. We have Eileen Rivera. Um, with us, who is the one of the top agents in Los Angeles County and an amazing coach to many, many, many real estate millionaires. Eileen, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, we, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you introduce um, uh, our 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 common friend here because I have a couple. You and I both have very different uh, time interaction and respect for him. So why don't you start and then I'll I'll jump. Aside. So so I'm gonna start with a lot of personal. Um, and you'll jump in with the with the more of the business. Um, we are here with James Grant, who flew in to spend some time with us um, here in Southern California. He is a top producing agent in the Washington D.C. area um, and the neighboring communities. He is an amazing leader. This man knows how to build a business that serves his team and gets results for his clients. And I've seen him do it over and over with both incredible systems and a whole lot of heart. Yeah, you know the one thing that I love about James is that even in just a short time, like I, I think I've come up with a good idea, and James will be like, oh yeah, I already have that. I'm like, what? I come up with another idea, he's like, I already implemented that. I come up with another idea, he goes, oh yeah, I listened to that on our podcast, I took it, I split it up into three pieces, and now you know, now I'm a celebrity in, in the DMV, and I'm like, uh, in, the, in the DC market. So I'm like, what? dude, I gotta really, I gotta really bring it when James is around, and it forces me to level up. It forces me to be better. Forces me to do better, and that's really powerful. So James, thanks for being here, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so, big question today. Big question that we're getting asked a lot is the: I'm an agent. Market's starting to shift. I've had a couple of buyers, a couple of listings. I worked them. I was hoping that I'd get more referrals, etc. But I've sold through my existing inventory. My buyers are either you know in a home that they want or they're still on the fence. But for lack of better phrasing, I have no deals at this time. I have no leads because I spent a lot of this time servicing clients. And I've spent a lot of my time just you know making the current money work for me so I don't have a big investment budget. So we almost have a, I'm going draconian here, we almost have a no leads, no deals, no money situation. But if you can actually work from this to create opportunity, it gets pretty, exciting and so um let's james when we were getting ready for this you said you know i started there and i'd love for you to maybe talk through when you frame the no leads no deals no money how does what should what what comes to mind for you sure um it it does It, it, it kind of brings me back to when i first started in real estate and uh we had relocated from from manhattan uh down to washington dc and it took me a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up and um, finally got my real estate license and, and decided to get into real estate. And uh, a, a few of the things that um, I did moving down there, I, I had no sphere. 
Um, I had, you know, limited funds because I'd been sitting around for quite a while trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, and, and I didn't have a pipeline. So um, one of the things I did is I, I went to other agents in the office that had listings. And I told them that I would give them a 10% referral for any buyers that I got out of their open houses. And what that did was it had them coming to me before anybody else and I would get all the best open houses. Um, and so I was able to quickly go ahead and, and start out on a pipeline right there. What an awesome idea, right? What an awesome idea. He found a way, even under those circumstances, to lead with contribution, yeah. right? Rather than just the ask. How can you help me? Can I hold your open house? I mean, he led with value. Yeah. Who's going to say no to that? Amazing. Um, so I... Um, I had, a, I had a couple agents when during my time at TELUS who, was, who were thinking about the same thing. And they were putting out to the entire TELUS, you know, the 600 agent base saying, hey, I'm available to sit your open houses while other agents were doing the same thing too. And this guy was a hustler, right? So he said, Sharon, what would be the one thing that I can do right now that will get me more open houses and especially when everyone else is asking for open houses? So here's what I suggested. I said, listen, this may sound corny, but put together a, Top ten reasons why I should sit your open house. <laughs> I right? Love that. And then awesome. you send it to like listing agents, you send it to out of area agents, and you say, number one, I, I show up. Number one, two, I put up signs. Number three, I do this. Number four, I clean up. Number three, I do a video. Number six, I number, and number ten, number ten, I pay you a ten percent referral fee on every buyer that comes in, and I share my buyer like, I, and I'll, I'll write it in contract with you. You do that, and every time you're requesting to people to give you open houses. That's it. Now I feel like at least there's a process and I'm not just saying, oh, I'm going to trust on a whim that Tron's going to sit my open house and it's going to be, a, he's going to do a good job. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's taking it one more step further or 10 or not nine more steps further than me. <laughs> but, but I think, but I think a lot of times just the, we always uh, think, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go sit in an open house for Eileen Rivera. Well, sure. I, I'm doing all the work. I should get all the money, I should get all the leads, but you forget to realize that that opportunity would have never been presented if Eileen didn't go farm for three years, fight with others and compete and get the listing, get the fee, get it staged, get the sign up, do all the work. You just had to show up and do the open house. Yes, there's effort, but I think that we forget sometimes to realize a lot happened before that listing actually came by. And really a lot of times what James did you know this now as an established agent, right? And being being at being at the very top of of your um, area, you know, you, you top one percent. I don't know, yeah. maybe top 0.5 percent. Yeah. But is it's just the phrasing and that humbleness that it's not even the 10 percent. I mean, while there's value in that, it's such a show of respect and acknowledgement of the list that you just went through, of what it took us to get there, instead of just like, I'm putting my hand out and, and like I'm doing you a favor, right? right. That, sh that difference in attitude is what allows agents like James and myself to then say, wow, I want to help this person out. Somebody right. did it for me. I want to do it for them. Right, right. And talk about... Um Everyone wants to do this lead game, right? So, oh, I'm going to go, the, the closer they are to buying something, the more expensive the lead is. We all, we all know that the closer to the bottom of the funnel is, the more expensive the lead is. I don't know how much closer you're going to get than an open house. Like, I just, I, I don't know how much closer than someone saying, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to sign in, I'm going to walk around this house. Like, I don't know how much closer you're going to get to than that. And if we're not, if you're 
in the game and you don't have no leads, no deals, no money, and you're not sitting open houses seven days a week, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Not just Saturday, Sunday. Like I, I, I don't, and it, I don't know what you should be doing. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so, so Eileen, what would you if, if if I was talking to you and I said, hey, I had no deals, no leads, no money, and I had to create opportunities for myself. Well, I, I love the open house idea, so I'm going to expand on that just a little bit. It's like if you're there anyway, you need, you've made that commitment of time, make an equal commitment of time to improving your skills, right? Mm-hmm. Because the other thing that happens with newer agents that, that go that course, they don't know how to convert because they're not, they're not fluid with their knowledge of the local data for, their, for the community they're in. They don't know the backstories. They need to... Uh, they need to get really good with questions of discovery, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, if you're not, if, if someone comes into an open house, I, I, co- I coach on this and train my team all the time. Someone comes into an open house and says, I'm just looking. What do you do? Yeah. Like you have to know what to do with that person yeah. to build relationship. Yeah. So that skill. So I, I will jump in right now on that point and say, um, one of my favorite things to do when someone puts that wall up and says, no, nope, no, thank you. I'm just looking. I say, great. I just have one request. When you're done looking, tell me what your favorite thing was and maybe something you think the next owner is going to change right away. That's good. Awesome. Right? Now what happens is that person is much more likely to come back to you and give you feed, feedback. Because one thing that I think we forget sometimes is that the moment you ask someone in earnest, you're asking them for their opinion, you're showing them respect. Yeah. You're saying what you think matters to me. I'm interested in it. Yeah. And it changes that conversation. I love it. So let's, let's die. Um, I think both of you are just masters at open houses and coaching agents on the team to do open houses. I will tell you the one thing, because this can get into, there's, you don't, you can become an open house sitting ninja, but at the same time, just a few skills can completely separate you from being extremely average to, to great. And I'll tell you the, like I, uh, my son Neil, who's seven, right? Like he loves open houses. Like he, like he sees an open house, he's like, dad, can you turn in there? He loves open houses, right? <laughs> and, and so I totally mess with the agents and I wanna see how they'll handle it. And I, my Neil's favorite question, you ask Neil when you go to an open house, what do you ask the agent? Neil will say, oh, hello sir, my name is Neil. Is this your listing? It is the greatest question, <laughs> right? Because you see instantly how the agent can handle yes. it, which is, which is pretty powerful. But the one question that I, I say I would get eight out of 10 times walking into an open house, which I believe can be rephrased mm-hmm. is, hey, great, I'm Sharon, what brings you in today? Like, I get the what brings you in today. I'm like, are you serious? I walked into an open house. What do you think brings me in today, right? Like, that's insane. That is. That you, sure. And now, you're, yeah. now you want me to give you a dissertation? Now you want me to uh, share, like, oh, I'm looking for a house, you want me to share? Per- no, like, so I always say, hey, if you're stuck, the easiest discovery question I always say is, hey, welcome, my name is James. Uh, did you see our signs or did you find us online? So now they can, it's like we call the sorting question, right? Now they just sort. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw the signs. Now you instantly know that there's a good chance nine out of the t- 10 of them live around here. Mm-hmm. And now, then the question is, oh, you saw the signs, do you live here? Now the question path becomes so much easier. Uh, but if they go online, now you're gonna go on a completely different path. Do you like that? Would you do it differently? How, how do you think about it? Oh that? no, I love that. I love, I love anything that's discovery. And again, you have to be willing, you have to ask the questions because once in a while, they're going to say, oh, we've been, looking, we've been looking for a house for the last few months. 
Like sometimes they're just going to serve it up to you, which is why he did that, why James was doing open houses when he first started, why I was doing them two decades ago when I first started, because every once in a while, opportunity just falls in your lap. Sadly, a lot of agents don't even see it, right? Because they're not comfortable with those other things. They don't have those questions that you're posing. For the record, my very first transaction in the business was a for sale by owner. You're talking about opportunities, right? Like we're like no money, no leads, no deals. No deals. No money, no leads, no deals. My very first transaction was because a mentor at the time said, this is the script, this is what you say, go look for all the for sale by owners because you're a new agent and the only people that know less than you are the ones that are foolish <laughs> enough to think they can sell their own house. So I learned my script, I went, I did that for sale by owner, I procured the buyer at the first open house for that listing. My first deal in the business was two sides of one property and everybody was super happy, right? But you have to know what to say, you have to be willing to engage. Yeah. For sale by owners are another great pillar. Totally, yeah. One of the things that that um, I guess we didn't we didn't really talk about too much, and, and a lot of people don't talk about at open houses, is equally as important to find out. You know, when you ask, did you did you uh, see us online, or or you know, did you see our signs? You know, if they found the signs, I'll ask them. It's like, oh well, are you here to find your dream home, or are you looking to see what your home is worth? You know, I want to know oh, that, that one's fabulous. Good. That one's fabulous. Are they in the neighborhood? Are they looking? Are they thinking to sell? Yeah. You know, so I, I always want to try to see is there, you know, what are the opportunities there as well? Mm -hmm. It's just not buyers that I'm looking for. Very Because there is my next sale walking in the door. Yep. So I think both of us, we nailed the same. Uh, the, if you zoom out and think, think about a framework, right? Like I call it the sorting question. You mm -hmm. always ask sorting questions. Are you this or are you that? Are you, hey, are you looking, uh, are you an investor? Are you looking for a home to live in? And the funny part is, if you, they come to a uh, residential neighborhood, we think that it is not fair for us to ask that question. In fact, uh, it, it is fair for you to ask that question even if you know the answer, right? Are you, are you an investor you're looking for a home to live in? Is it, and if they walk in with their family, it is totally okay to ask that question because now you're giving them the layup answer. They're like, oh, you're looking for a home to live in. Now you can say, hey, are you, are you looking to buy a new home in the next three to five years? They're like, oh, no, not three to five years, more like one to three. Now you've... Any question that's a sorting question is good, but I love the are you a buyer or a seller sorting question. That sure. no, we don't ask that often, but that's a really good one. Yep. Uh, so you've got so we have open houses, we have getting other people's open houses and actually incentivizing them to do that. We have um, for sale by owners. So so let's 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 do a skill based thing for for sale by owners, right? Okay. There's a there's a FISBO. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that a FISBO is actually nice. Let's, see, okay. yeah, let's actually assume that this was nice. Uh, we know they're a for sale by owner because they're probably, hopefully they're offering a co-op commission. They just don't mm -hmm. want to pay a listing side. Let's say you even knock the door and they open it and that person is willing to have the conversation. How, I don't need the script, structurally, what are we, what are we trying to pick up there? Uh, structurally, the first thing is discovery. I'm gonna educate myself about the history of the property before I knock on that door. Hmm. When did they buy it? Um, you, you cannot discover everything online. We know sometimes title, uh, property profiles can have mistakes, but I'm gonna prepare as well as I can. Then I'm gonna knock on that door and it's gonna be discovery. Um, 
you know, they're opening the door, they're letting me tour the house. Are they cooperating with a buyer's agent? Um, do they have a bad history with agents that made them decide to do this? You know, are they under financial pressure? Not that directly, but for me, the whole first 15, 20 minutes is about connecting and truly listening, being aware of nuances and having great discovery questions for my conversation with them. Um, I always say, if you can discover, and you're great at it, Sharon, but if you can discover what someone's dreams are and what their fears are, you're halfway there, yeah. right? Because then you can, you can either help them fulfill their dreams yeah. or you can put them at ease about what some of their fears are because you've got them. Right, right. Would you, do you think, tactically speaking, if you knocked on the door of a uh, FISBO, do you think it's easier with say you and I at the door versus just you, like a one person versus two, does it matter? I think it, it depends on the person. Like I'm really comfortable diffusing any situation. You can, you, you can think of any age, any ethnicity, any uh, someone who's abrasive. I'm very comfortable with anyone who answers the door because I know and, and have lived it in my business for two decades now that it's not about me. So however you show up is a reflection on what's going on in your life. It's not on a, a reflection on whether I'm doing the right thing or I'm your best choice or I know better. It's a reflection on you. I have to meet you where you are. Got it. So if somebody's incredibly rude, um, I draw the line with somebody that comes off as actually abusive. But if somebody's very, the wall's up and they're, and they're rude and they're, and they're somewhat abrasive, I look at them and I put my hands up and I go, whoa you've had some really bad people showing up at your door, haven't you? Not a problem. I'm going to leave you my card. By the way, I'm not one of them. We should talk when you're ready. And I haven't even turned around, and now all of a sudden that person has been disarmed, and they're engaging. Totally. That, that, that is awesome. That is brilliant. Um, that is brilliant. Uh, James, when folks come on your team, and like you, you have such a great team infrastructure, you've got... You got leads, ISA marketing. You got all of that really setting agents up for success. What what does an agent if if they come in and no no leads, no deals, kind of no money, uh, from an effort perspective, what would impress you if they showed up and did like in the first thirty sixty days? First thirty sixty days. Um, well, when they do join our team at at that level, and and a lot of the people coming on do fit that mold where you know they do not have business. Um, we we do we loaded them up and first of all we'll go over skill sets mm -hmm. we'll teach um, you know cold calling skill sets and we'll go through you know a lot of our you know 180 day plus you know leads mm -hmm. that that we did not convert mm -hmm. in the on the first round um, and I find you know uh, a lot of the guys on the team don't want those leads and they think that these are old and and so many times, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still getting new Zillow leads and I'm like, wait a second, they're already in my database. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We just haven't converted them yet. Um, so, you know, the first thing that what impresses me is when um, we get to our one-on-one -on -one meetings and, you know, we get into the pipeline session of it and I can look into, you know, our CRM and I can see when they're calling and how many calls they've made and what their follow-up is. Um, and I can tell probably in your first 30 days, I can tell how successful or you know not successful you're yeah. in, in real estate. It's so crazy that I gotta tell you the story. So I was um, first time in, in banking. I never never done anything in banking before. So you know James was in banking as well, and 
39 one-on-one interviews to get this job at Goldman Sachs, right? 39 one-on-one individual interviews. Just, wow. That's a lot of interviews. That's a right? lot of yes. interviews. And 39 one-on-one interviews over a 45, 50-day period in three cities. So I'm driving, I'm flying. This is not including coffees, dinners, call, like no discovery. This is just 39 scheduled interviews. And this is probably the second, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it's pro- I've done 30-some interviews already. And um, this managing partner tells me, he's like, hey, all right, Sharon, you've been on 30 interviews. Um, let's put your skills to the test. I was like, I've never sold financial <laughs> services. I'm calling a CEO of a company. Like, I don't know what to say, right? right. So he's like, so he, he pulls out a, um, um, it was like a book, right? He goes, hey, and I didn't know what was in it. It didn't look like a yellow pages, but it was like, he's like, here's a book of, let's assume this is a book of CEOs that with phone numbers and email addresses that you can call right now. And he puts it on the table. He's like, uh, and he slides the phone over. He goes, pretend. Like role play. And I go, <laughs> so I said to him, I said, okay. This is what changed everything for me. I said, okay, D- do you have a script? And he looks at me and he goes, you'll do great. Shook my hand, walked out the door. Wow. The problem wow. is we all... We Not all get, everybody's going to get that. Right. Like the, That's a mic drop. Yeah. Like, yeah. So uh, well, well, t- t- talk about that. Right? Talk about that. I, I know you got it, but let's talk about that, right? Wow. Because I tell you that as soon as we think cold call, we essentially go to a, a zone of... Oh, look at all these people that I have to call and try to convince them to do something. And I, it's because it's the, it's the nervousness of like, I don't know what to say. Like, how do I approach it? What if I get shut down? You went to, I'm willing, hand me the tool. Exactly. Which is a, which is a different version of James as a new agent walking in and saying, I'll give you 10% on every buyer that comes through. Correct. And I was like, I just didn't know what to say. I was like, dude, just, this is amazing that CEO is not going to eat me. Like, this is a great phone. I got a headset. I'm just going to read. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a script. And, and what bothers me sometimes is like, we'll give a script to an agent that says, hey, Eileen, did you see our signs or did you find us online? Like, don't change it. Mm-hmm. Don't, like, don't change it, right? Yeah. The result of the script is more important than the script itself, right? And so the script has been built because if someone's, if, if, we, if the three of us are repeating something, I will tell you, like, it's either working or we believe in it or, like, you know. Or all of the above. Of the above right? <laughs> yeah. And so when someone says, oh, yeah, I'm going to send this text message, but I'm going to put a flowery emoji in it, I'm like, don't. Uh. Just, just, just follow the plan, right? Yeah. And I, that till that day, I said that out of desperation. I said that because I honestly had no idea. Mm-hmm. If I had some, like, today, you told me if I had that same question, I would try to wing it on the phone because I feel like I'm good enough. Right. But that's the good enough is the problem in our world because we start to wing stuff and it breaks. And I just wish someone would say, oh, awesome. Like, what are the seven email scripts? What are the three text message scripts? What are the four form scripts? See you later. Right. Give me a list. See you later. Like, that would be amazing. You know what? That's the other answer to your initial question, too. No, no, no money, no leads, no deals is master something. Yeah. Like master something. Master that master that open house. Don't just do an open house. Master those scripts. You don't get to play with the foundation until you have a proven track record of success. Right. I talk about the scripts cuz you go off script all the time. Yeah. James and I go off script all the time, but we know them. It's like I t- I tell everybody, you know how to drive from home to the office? 
like without your GPS, right? Yeah. You do it every single yeah. day, you've done it a hundred times. Therefore, when there's a roadblock and you have to divert your usual route, you know how to adjust and do that. Mm -hmm. The script is your GPS. It's gonna get you to your location every single time. You don't get to go off plan until you've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah. Then my, you can bring in the artistry of it. My, uh, my friend Jason Capital, uh, just this amazing guy, he told me, if you don't script, you don't care. Yeah. Right? It's like the greatest, like, my, I get goosebumps every day. He's like, if you don't script, you don't care. And that's when, like, everything changed for me. And I was not a big scripter early on, but now I'm like, okay. Eileen said that, where in my repertoire can I add that? Like, when, when James just said, you know, the, I'm going to sort between a buyer and seller at an open house, that is insane. Like, I didn't tell, I've done a lot of these. I've never done, it sounds like you're like, you're such an idiot. Like, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> Not at all. It's, it's, you know what? You talk about getting buyers, you talk about holding open houses. Because, you know, usually you are going to get buyers. You know, most of the time it is buyers. But, you know, there is that, that chance that you have that seller. Or, yeah. or, you know what? You have that person that needs to sell in order to buy. You know, so it's, it's, it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, you can, yeah, you want to maximize yeah. those opportunities right there. So I heard this study, um, uh, which was, this is actually done in Australia, and so I don't know the transferability to the U.S., but in Australia, my, you know, our friend Eileen, Michael Shergold, told me that four out of ten people that come to an open house are pipeline sellers. And I love mm. that word, right? Pipeline wow. sellers. Four out of ten people that come to an open house are pipeline sellers. So he's like, they're walking in, and th that sorting question is way more important, right? Hey, did you see our signs? Did you find us online? Oh, are you just looking? Are you looking to buy a home here, or are you are you curious about the value of your home? What, however you phrase it, you're telling them to sort, and it's super powerful. And they may say, "Oh, I need to do both." Now you're like contingent sale. Like this is insane. <laughs> I get two <laughs> deals out of this. <laughs> <laughs> At <laughs> least that's <laughs> awesome, right? And so otherwise, you never actually actually think that. And I don't think the average consumer either says, "Oh, I'm gonna." I'm going to go look for an agent who can do both deals for me. I don't mm -hmm. think the average consumer does that. I think they are actually reminded that Eileen, if someone says, oh, you can list my home, Eileen says, where are you moving? Oh, I'm thinking about moving to wherever. You're like, oh, have you have you already started looking? No. Oh, well, why doesn't why don't my teammate help you do that? That way we can control the smoothness of both transactions. That's how you pitch that, right? You can control the, the integration. They had no idea. Right. Which is crazy. Or even a referral opportunity or anything like that. Agreed. And I think that for... Um teams like James, like mine, like a lot of the ones that you and I coach and mentor, um, they need to start training their database, educating their database, that no matter where in the country they're moving to, they will interview the agents for them. Correct. Not just, oh, I have a referral for you. Correct. Like, do you know anyone? Let's talk to three people. Do you want to talk to them first or do you want me to talk to them first? Like, again, give them that choice yeah. um, because it's a huge opportunity right now. And because there's such a presence um, online, Zillow, all the other sites of getting information, I don't think that we as, as top producing agents are really leveraging that to help our clients. So uh, question on social media, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. On social media, uh, no deals, no leads, no money. I, I'd say the average person on Facebook, et cetera, has some clients, some SOI as friends, definitely have, I've seen agents have a lot of other agents as friends, which is fine, which is totally cool. How does one use, like what would be a couple of strategies where you could use, uh, say Facebook, 
to at a time when you have no deals, no leads, no money, and and like I can I'll seed an idea and tell me what you guys think. Is it worthwhile going to an office meeting? I go to an office meeting and and Eileen, I'm in your office, and you and Grace on someone on your team, Jack says, hey, I've got two pockets. Pocket number one is coming on this time. Pocket number two is actually coming soon. It's coming on this time. The person is looking for that is actually going to be, uh, is actually going to want a. Uh, it has a music studio, so any an artist would really like that. I have no deals, no leads, no money. So I could go take that information and say, hey, my our team has a private listing coming to market. It would be a perfect fit for blah, 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 blah. But others can benefit from it too. Open housing laws, mm -hmm. whatever, right? But if you're looking for a home with a studio and you want to see something before it comes to market, please let me know. And if you're posting opportunities like that every three, four days, I don't know why agents don't post that every three, four days. Like it can flood your feeds, mm -hmm. but you should be posting at least one deal of the week every three, four days because at least it keeps your sphere engaged that you are in the business of selling real estate. How do you react to that? What do you think about that? I think that's brilliant. I, I think that's uh, you know underused and, and kind of making me reflect on myself really quickly here. Um, do a self inventory. Um, I think it's it, that's a great strategy. Um, one that I've used in the past and, and I've uh, encouraged my agents to use is uh, maybe picking like one of their favorite restaurants, saying, "Hey, I ate here." Like a, a little like post about that. Here are my five favorite condos within oh, walking distance. So good. It's so like a little neighborhood snapshot. And, you know, kind of what, you know, you're going to get in, you know, X price range, whatever that price range is. So, so good. And especially, excuse me, especially if you can go in and tag that restaurant. Now the restaurant owner knows. So you go in for lunch the next day. You'd be like, hey, did you see the post that I made? Oh, you were the guy that made the post. Awesome. Hey, Jimmy, give give James a 50% uh, off the bonus, right? Like, no, no doubt you could get a benefit like that. <laughs> and you also get, um, like, we'll drive that traffic back to our webpage so they'll now have people to sign up and, and follow oh, up with gotcha. uh, through through the CRM. That is, That's brilliant. That is That's awesome. brilliant. And I would just pick, as you said, I would just pick one every 10 days. A restaurant, a whatever. A restaurant, I, coffee. Anything, you know, yeah. yeah. If you don't have money, it's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have money, you do a coffee meeting. Yeah. That's, that's there you what you go. Do. Um, on, on social media, would you, how else would you think about it? Um, oh, no money. No, I have to go back to that. Like it takes me a second to, to be in that place and, and what do you do there? I think, I think you have to be, I think you just also have to be very engaged, right? Paying attention, not just on your own Facebook page, but every community has community pages, yeah. right? Like be involved there. I think a great way to build um, opportunity is who do you work with? Who does a homeowner work with besides a realtor mm. when they're selling a property, <laughs> right? Do you know a local contractor? Do you know a local handyman? Do you know a local painter? Do you know, these are all people that get called before us a lot of times. Yeah. Build relationships with them, create reciprocal relationships with those trades because sometimes they get forgotten by realtors, right? Realtors can be very demanding. I'm calling my painter because I need him now right? And because I give them business, I need them now. How am I building that relationship with my painter to say, here are my business cards. Who do you know? Yeah. Um, I, I want, I want to um, highlight your great work. What houses are you working on right now? Yeah. Oh, are any of them painting because they're preparing to sell? Yeah. Right? That conversation can be had with a half a dozen different tradespeople. Yeah. And, and I think that there's an opportunity where that's less about you engaging on Facebook and more about you being a detective on Facebook. And I think that those are both, both James's um, 
approach and mine are opposite sides of the same coin we call opportunity. Yeah. What do you think about, I was just thinking about this, the same, I like that, look, he's so good at this stuff. She's so smart. Yeah. The, the contractor thing is so underutilized because if you have two or three good contractor friends, you can say, hey, you know, you can say, hey, John, before you do a job, you actually, you have to plant what they need to say, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, before you do a job, just tell the clients, hey, as we're, as I'm bidding this out, Eileen, uh, I would love to bring my agent partner in here. I want to make sure that whatever we're doing also is increasing value on your home. If it's going to cost you nothing, I'll, on the next walkthrough, let me just bring her through. Love it. Now you know everything that everybody is yep. doing, and it's no, and you, you don't, you can just, now the contractor feels good because you get to say, hey, I work with John, he's fantastic, so there's a third party validation. The client's like, John's going above and beyond, he wants to make sure that whatever we're putting into is going to output. So you do, you do four of those walkthroughs, you see three of those kitchens, and then next time you're in an open house, oh, you're looking for a back bay view kitchen, there is a back bay view kitchen, let me go show you. Yeah, the other tr the other person beside that it works with really well is stagers, hmm. because it, in in certain price points and areas, consumers like we offer staging. You know, most of the most of the agents the three of us have worked with offer some type of staging consultation or staging service, but there there is a niche there of consumers that they're thinking like pipeline sellers that you're that you're referring to. They're thinking, hmm. I know I'm getting the place ready to sell. Maybe I should have someone come in and consult on the paint color. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. the painter, but the, the consultation. So what I've done with the painter, with the contractor, is I frame the situation for them and say, and just, just tell your client, oh, by the way, if you're planning on selling anytime in the next couple of years, Eileen provides a free staging consultation. She doesn't do it, she actually has a stager. Amazing. Amazing. Right, because so I'm all about bringing value. Like yeah. I'm all about give, give, give. Yeah. I don't lead with the ask. I lead with with the plan if you need results now. Yeah. But I'm all about contribution. It's really comfortable and easy for me. So why not lean into yeah. that? And it's results in advance. You've given yeah. them a result in advance, which is which is yeah. which is amazing. Compounding uh, interest. You keep making deposits in those relationships, and and yeah. they give you a nice return. So if, if we were to wrap up and then and talk about, hey, you got no deals, no leads, no money. Call me? Oh, sorry. We're hiring. So let's do a quick, uh, you know, between the three of us, a, a parting kind of thought on either a mindset or something that mechanical or something that they can do. What would be like your, hey, your one go-to, if you have no leads, no deals, no money, or you're just kind of ramping back up, what would be the one piece of advice? Lose your excuses, okay. right? As, as, as soon as you get out of the excuse mode, the market, the shift, the correction, and you design the plan of actively working every day, mm -hmm. talking to people, improving your skills, um, the solution's gonna present itself. Yeah. You already intellectually, you know where every agent in this country gets a deal from. Yeah, yeah. Right, so start, start building that. Yeah, awesome. I think um, I was I was interviewing uh, somebody that was really profound this past weekend um, before flying out here, and um, he told me that uh, he did not believe in motivation. He believed in discipline, um, and it was uh, you know a, a real self starter uh, kid that I'm, I'm really excited to bring on my team uh, potentially in the next couple weeks. Um, but what I think they need to work on is is the discipline of of, of actions. 
action items that they need to do on a daily basis that will not put them back in this situation again. Yeah, yeah, that, I like the discipline over, like there's no, this is not time for inspiration. Like this is a, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work my way into success here, right? Um, the, I, I, as you were talking, the one thing I've been thinking about is the, the hardest part, like you said, the co- I love this, I've been promoting a lot of this coffee meeting idea. And people always say, well, I don't know what to call and tell my sphere. I just called them last week. I don't know what to call my past clients. I sent them something in the mail. I don't know what else. So I always think about it as just get, make coffee meeting requests. Even if they say no or they push you out, it's totally okay. And I, I use the same script every time. I say, do not change the script, you know. Hey, hey, Eileen, it's been a while since I've seen you. I'd love to catch up. I'm happy to come to a Starbucks near you. That's it. Do it over and over. Hey, Eileen, it's been a while since I've seen you. I'd love to catch up. I'm happy to come to a Starbucks near you. Because I can't say no to that because now you're telling me, I'd love to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. It's true. I'm happy to come to Starbucks and make it convenient for you. The only thing that you can tell me is, oh, let's meet in January. You can only time delay it. You can't delay anything. You can't say no. Um, and so, and you don't have to spend a lot of time. You can have short meetings. You can stack a whole morning. But if we can do, whether we're swimming in the deal flow or not, if we can do three coffee meetings a day, <laughs> one coffee meeting a day? Well, three a day, once a week for most of the people we work with. It just, it, it, there's their business plan. Right. I mean, really, if they actually did three appointments one or two days a week, yeah. the whole rest of the time they'd be managing deals. Correct. Yeah. And so I, I'm going back to, and don't, and people are like, don't innovate on the coffee meeting script. Like, yeah. don't, don't change it. You know, that's, and I think just that will get people into action, which is what I was thinking about. How do you get people into action? And that takes away the excuses that you said. So it's like, hey, I'm in action, no more excuses. So I'm in meeting, so I can create deal flow. That's just, brilliant. Yeah. So, we're out of time, but I want to thank uh, James and Eileen. If you if you want to if you've got deal flow in the DC market, look up James Grant. Uh, he's the number one team at uh, KW in the DMV. And if you want anything in the Queen of Long Beach, will take care of you in Long Beach. And uh, she's awesome. Eileen, James, thank you guys. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Do you want more real estate secrets? Then go get all our best kept secrets that agents around the world are using to win more listings, grow their teams, and make a fortune every single day. Go to kingstonlane.com forward slash secrets. That's kingstonlane.com forward slash secrets.